Did you know at Kroger, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store? Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards, with no hidden fees or markups on your same family favorites, like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce. The only difference is you don't have to put on shoes. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Man, doesn't she not know that my love for her is so deep that on the inside out, I would just be a very given soul? I mean, sure, at the end of the day, she's had a rough time with men, but I could be a very comfortable sort. A commodity of goodwill, if you will. Someone to actually make her days brighter. She couldn't get enough of a nice chocolate man like myself. (laughs) Oh, man, you know. After all, she's newly single. I mean, hey, lady. I just need to tell you. If you're feeling the need, any kind of need at all, you come on in and you talk to Papa Jay about it. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? I don't have to worry about things, guys. She's self-sufficient. And she's well over the age of 25. And you know, hey. She knows what it's like to be with a brother. Well, sort of. You know, he he did kind of own the world there for a little bit, but you know, it's it's newly separated now. So, well, newly divorced, I should say. I ain't trying to mess with any common girls. I want to get to know her. She's the one percent up there at the top. Got her thirty million. <laughs> uh, holla at me, Mackenzie Bezos. Anyway, guys, it's after 10, so I mean I need to go ahead and get my late behind started. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 You know, no offense to Jeff, y'all, but uh, I gotta be real. I, 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 I could, I, I can't help myself. You know, I mean, have you seen her net worth? I mean, the lady is not necessarily at the retail level. You understand what I'm saying? She is up there as a goddess that I wouldn't mind being around at all times for. Her. You know what I mean? Just a little companionship. I mean, after all, I did work for Stedman, right? For those of you that have been paying attention to the Oprah side of things. Uh, Anyway, welcome to the J-Man Show, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 94 is here, and I'm your host, in case you didn't realize, the J-Man himself. And yes, 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 this is the start of a new double special, and I just had to go ahead and um, announce myself, you know, that I'm still a single man, and I'm looking for love and, and some spending money, and you know... She's a newly single woman. I mean, hey, why not? In my deepest dreams, it could happen, right? I could see myself just playing around that money now and be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. You use this to build an empire. Don't worry. I'm just going to be writing these children book here. You know what I mean? Yeah, these books will sell. I'll make my own industry, right? After all, I won't live off of somebody else, you know, like a leech. You know, to be to be real, though, I mean, I can see somebody else actually giving out their love notes and their whole things for, you know, Miss uh, Miss Bezos, or formerly Miss Bezos, I should say. Divorce was finalized today, 
Liddy went on Twitter to announce that to everybody. So I'm sure that I'm not the only one out here, you know, showing their forlorn love for her. <laughs> I'm sure there's other people out there that have made videos, you know, to go ahead and try to get in good favors with her. Which is, you know, which isn't hard to come by because, you see, um, old Bezos himself, man, he's the richest man in the world now. He just take control of everything. And people are mad about that. People do not like the way, I mean, unless you work for Amazon, then you know what the conditions are to be working at Amazon. You know what it's like to be there. And then some people say he's not as charismatic as he appears, you know, in certain photo ops and everything. And what's... And what's so sad about it is, I mean, it ain't too far from the truth. He does have charisma. I mean, if you ever really see him talk, you ever really hear about him. If you saw the old video that appeared where Amazon was pretty much a closet space room, you know. Yeah, you know, it's to be understandable at that point. But the guy does own everything, and, you know, they were a power couple at one time. However, you know, old Bezos, he... uh (laughs) <laughs> had an affair of sorts, and their marriage was souring out anyway. So you figure one thing leads to another, now they're divorced. But it seems like right now, you know, they're more amicable than anything, so there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, there is that moment where, you know, say like if um, I did have a chance at that money, it'd probably be like that Dave Chappelle sketch where he was trying to be, where he was allegedly the father of Oprah's baby. Yeah, it might be one of them kind of scenarios. And then all of a sudden, Jeff be coming back and he got all his stuff there. And, well, you know, for me to justify my love for uh, Mrs. Bezos, I ain't got a shot in hell. Because, you know, as as thriving as J360 Productions is, I am nowhere near that tax bracket they are. So, it's the little things that count. By the way, you'll have to forgive me. This mac and cheese just won't eat itself. But when you think about it, though, it's nice to see that it's not one of those usual power couple marriages that fall apart where you got to hear about it every so often and and listen to somebody saying, oh, it's got nasty, it's got bitter, oh, let's go down the middle of it because it makes us feel better about ourselves. You know, you don't have to worry about a smear campaign like that. So at least this seems to be nice, you know? Not to mention that the... Uh, She's still got her $30 million. He's got his $70 million. He's going to get... They're both going to get more money out of the deal anyway because we can't stop shopping at Amazon. And you see, it's such a reliable tool. And I mean, some of us, depending on where we live at, we get the packages like whether it's one day or two day in advance. And then some people, they just get it the day of. So, you know, it's just one of them kind of things. It's like getting mad at Disney for buying out Fox where some people are just now realizing... The evils of a Monopoly merger. Yeah, no kidding, right? At one point, did you not think that when certain people buy out the opposition that it gets to a a point where you realize that it's not going to serve you in the long run? I mean, for those of us that are comic fans, yeah, it serves us well because somewhere along the line, we think we can get the the Fantastic Four movie and the X-Men movies that we want. We can only hope. We can only hope, but who knows anymore? I look at the X-Men movie sometimes because it's like, okay, they might have to repeat some scenarios here and there. Would you like to see a remake of Days of Future Past? I don't think I would, but that's just something for you all to figure out. And now that we are in the month of April, it's time to get ready for Endgame. So how many of y'all are actually starting your 
MCU marathons this week. I'm sure some of y'all have gotten into at least Phase 2 right now. As for me, I have not started yet because on one end, the movies are still kind of fresh. And on the other end, you know, I just don't want to sit through some of them again. (laughs) But that is going to change, though, because I'm going to go ahead and start doing it uh, Friday night. I'm going to start Friday night with Phase 1, and then I'm going to go ahead and get into Phase 2, Saturday and Sunday. Hopefully Monday and Tuesday I'll get to Phase 3, and then I should be ready. Not to mention, some of y'all are having some war games right now trying to get those tickets. Man, people go crazy over this stuff. And I mean, why not? I mean, like, we got to see what happens. But, of course, as they're selling the movie, they did give off the part where, you know, Cap and Iron Man became... I'm not going to say it. Some of y'all have already seen it. And those of you that haven't, well, you're not going to get any spoiler from me until, like, two or three weeks in. You know what I'm saying? That's just the rule for me. Anybody else, though? I'm sure they don't care. And also this week, uh, Shazam comes out, which is Captain Marvel, which is a movie that I've been anticipating, though, because it seemed like DC, you finally got it together. Of course, you know, now, um, yeah, speaking of which, there's a rumor out there that the uh, Ursa Miller is not going to play the Flash anymore. He's saying goodbye to the role. Hey, Tobey Maguire said he's willing to play another superhero. Do you think uh, it would be a good idea for him to be the Flash now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, that pause was on purpose because some of y'all didn't like him when he was Spider-Man. I thought Toby was okay. I, I, I never had a problem with it. You see what I'm saying? But then there are people out there that are still butthurt that Michael Keaton was Batman too because, you know, the whole thing about the height thing and him getting his ass kicked in the movie and stuff. There are times where Batman gets his ass kicked. I'm sorry to say that for those of you out there, and I hate to do it during the time of the 80th anniversary, but it's true. There are times that he does. They're just few and in between now because nobody can beat Batman like anything. Uh, excuse me, mac and cheese break. Oh, man. The cheese is so awesome. This, shout out to the person who made this mac and cheese. It's incredible. You can't go wrong with it, especially when it's homemade. I mean, some of y'all out there, y'all probably say, my blue box is awesome. Yeah, F your blue box. Homemade mac and cheese for life. All day. All all week. You know, actually, no, 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 no. For life. That's right. And of course, since it's April, we gotta get ready for some more pre-summer shenanigans, too. Because we have, um... Uh, no, not mentioning Dumbo. Uh, The Dumbo movie was pretty... It could have been so much better. It's one of the movies that you just wait for a while to go and see a little later or something like that. Don't spend top dollar to go see that movie unless you're really about Disney and the Disney life. Because you don't even get to spend that much time with Dumbo. You get to spend time with Colin Farrell and his family. Uh, Me and one of the epic film guys were talking about that not too long ago. Yeah, today actually. And... (laughs) To me, I think it should have been called Circus World featuring Dumbo, you know? Because it's just like, you know, if you think about it, the source material itself is pretty deep because, you know, it's about... Because if you know Dumbo, you know what that scenario is about. Like, he was ridiculed for the size of his ears. His mom was taken away from him for trying to protect him. And then in the end, he had to learn acceptance. And then eventually he got his mom back. You know? And the love between a mother and child in this movie. 
But you didn't. See, but in this this main movie here, you got to see the scenario of the humans from their point of view because they're the surrogates for us. Yeah, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, that's fine that you do that, but remember what this movie is about. This movie is about this baby elephant. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to know what the baby elephant goes through. But it's also a reimagining, so you got to be like, oh, well, you know, give some respect to Tim Burton for that. It's like, you mean much like his reimagining for Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass? Which I, I, you know, the first Alice in Wonderland wasn't all that great anyway, and I didn't really care for Through the Looking Glass. I might watch them both back to back sometime. Even though I'm, I'm not dissing Tim Burton's work, I think his work is great. It's just that you know where he hits the slump after a little while. You're like, uh, okay, okay, I see what he, I see what's happening here. You know, he's a visionary. He's good at what he does, but it's just not helping right now. But shout outs to reuniting Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, and himself. You know, for the pretty much the Batman Returns crew. And I'm not going to stretch this out. I should go ahead and say this for another episode, but Batman Returns is awesome. I liked it. After I rewatched it, yeah, it was a darker film. Yeah, there were moments in there it was like WTF, but I thought it was great. And I should save that for a Batman-based episode, which, hey, if any of y'all are interested in dropping by or leaving some voicemails, you can. Just be nice about it. Funny, but nice, you know? But going back into it, though, I look at it from time to time where I see, you know, I, I, I see, like, one way or another that these reimaginings that Disney does, they've been doing a lot of them because they were confident about everything that happened with, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, Maleficent. Maleficent's supposed to be getting a sequel, too. And, of course, you got Aladdin coming out. Now, see, with Dumbo, I was like, you know, Dumbo's not going to make me... uh one way or another, it's not going to make me not invest in Disney because I know they got heavy hitters coming. They got Aladdin coming. They got The Lion King coming. So one way or another, I'm going to get my money's worth. And of course, you know, I'm not talking about the other properties they own. But if you look at like how their reimaginings go, maybe there's a chance with the other films. Because, see, Dumbo is one of those movies that whether you get it or you don't get it, and after a while it's not even going to have weight-bearing on you. So we don't want to worry about that too much. And also, and also, since it's 2019, I really need to get started on that documentary I was going to do during the time of the, uh, you know, Trump's re-election. The thing about it is, is that right now, I'm not too fond of what's going on in the political game to even put some sort of investment in it. Because I'm looking at it, and it's like, on one side, you got... The Democrats acting foolish about the Mueller report. And then, of course, you got on Trump's side where he's over here. He's going to be whatever he's going to be. But you look at what's in his cabinet or what remains in his cabinet. And you see that there's nothing there that really benefits or serve the people much either. So it's really spliced down to the middle with a bunch of glass shards on both sides here on who exactly is going to be in center stage for the elections next year. You see what I'm saying? And it's just like, you know, I, I get this. One side's anti-Trump. Other side is big time for the establishments, no matter how many times they try to tell you drain the swamp. Or no matter how many times they try to tell you promises kept, lies were made. 
And right now, there are lies to cover more of the lies, and you're seeing nothing but scum. It's kind of like my day job. (laughs) But after a while, it's like, okay. Right now, both sides look too ridiculous. I'm not getting involved in this fight right now. So I'm just sitting here to see where things come to a head. And right now, it's just been Newton's Law all over the place. Immovable object? Object that stays in motion. And they're canceling each other out on every damn thing. So while you and I are working and we're not taking our gross pay home, or some of you out there are not trying to pay taxes in general, good luck with that, by the way. I don't condone it. We, we see that our money that is supposed to be circulating, they're going into more special interests instead of things that we need. You know, like your infrastructure needs to be fixed. Education needs to be balanced. Matter of fact, for education, by the way, teachers need a raise. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, when it comes to jobs in general, people need raises. You give them the right raises. You give them livable wages. You give them some incentive to be there. You know what I mean? It's not like a gulag. Everybody wants to do the Industrial Revolution for some reason. For some reason. And it's to the point where, you know, nothing's getting solved. People hopping around doing the gray areas and stuff. And it's like, come on, man. Now, you can look at me and say, Jay, do you do any of the gray area hopping when it comes to your day job? Hell yeah, because I have to survive that crap. Every, every damn time. And plus, it's a job I don't really care for. But when it comes to like a job that you love and something you care about and something you cherish, will you do what you can to try not to let gray areas happen? Oh, yeah. Will you do what you can to try to drain the swamp of people out there to do nothing but disrupt the flow of that that place and the coexistence you have with that place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would. But of course, we're all fighting to get where we need to be and we have to continue to do so. But the way our compatriots go about doing it it kind of screws you and me you know and that's why everybody's all like this like see when nipsey hustle was killed you know everybody's like oh we need to we need to stop killing each other we need to stop doing things for each other and things like that i'm like yeah okay well try saying that when the brother was alive you know what i mean why does a positive positive minority role model Because there are a lot of positive role models out there. Why does it have to be a positive role model to get killed for us to actually be motivated to do what we got to do? Or need to do? You understand what I'm saying? Why does it always have to be like that? Like for some people, something has to happen for them to hang out again and stuff like that. I've always wondered why the barrier exists, you know? When it comes to things. And I'm guilty of it, too. I guess because human nature, maybe. It takes a man's death to get us all motivated. It takes some sort of serious, some sort of serious event, whether somebody's passing or a genocide of multiple people passing or things that, for, for God knows what it is, to actually pull our heads out of our asses to get us to do the right thing. And it's so sad. I mean, every time you wake up, you can make a choice. You can do what you got to do. You know, you can do what you have to do, or you can look at it like you need to do something. You could go to a job you hate, or you could go ahead and make moves to get to a job that you care about. You could go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to make plans to get out of my situation, 
and into another situation that hopefully is better better for me and more beneficial. Because even if, like say like if I leave my day job for another day job, or even if I do J360 full time, like that, like I, you know, I did a couple of years ago for a little bit. The thing about it is, is this, it doesn't guarantee that it's going to be complete nirvana and happiness. It doesn't mean anything about that, right? Right. So I have to stay focused on the level that I'm at, but I have to always keep pushing every day. It's like going to the gym. So that I can have that benefit and that choice to follow through on. And then that way I have my more shenanigans that I can do. But you see, everybody else on the other hand, they want to be the iconoclast. They want to start the stuff. They want to go ahead and do this and that and this and that. And then get to the point where they just ruin it for everybody. Oh yeah, anybody can do shock value. But it takes a real person... It takes a real leader, yeah, yeah, a real leader to have a goal, follow through on that goal, make some success and results on that goal, if possible, because some things are bound in failure. But even if you fail, chances are you got other people that look in on it and they're like, well, we saw how the first incarnation failed, but we can rise up on the second movement and do something even better and not let that one fall. There's always a way to make stuff work. It's just like there's some things that I've organized and, you know, have done some prototyping with, but chances are I'm sure other people have carried on with it and done it better, and I commend them for it. You know what I mean? If it helps everybody win for a change. But when you look at it, these things fall apart because of one reason. Human nature. Some people don't like seeing other people get ahead. Like, say like, with me myself, I'm moving forward all the time. I'm doing great for myself, by the way. I'm staying focused on what I need. But say like if I had a friend, a real good friend, a friend that knew what I was all about, knew what I could do and, and moving forward and getting where I need to be. And I'm trying to make sure that he has a shot too, or she, he or she have a shot. And then chances are we get where we need to be and that person starts acting up. Starts betraying, starts being foolish, start doing all this other stuff. Start trying to not only ruin their reputation, but ruin my reputation as well. You know? And you wonder the reason behind that. And it's because this person here doesn't have control over themselves, fall apart at the seams, and they want to take it out on you, or try to kill you, most likely. Half the time you realize that your enemies aren't the ones that you should be very concerned about. Because they already didn't like you. But in human nature terms, if everybody's coming together, started at the same time, this one person feels that they're not being achieved enough, they're not being loved enough, or whatever sort of defect they got. But instead of facing that problem with themselves, they're taking it out on everybody else. Usually the ones closest to them first. Like, say, like, if you are somebody that got a new relationship going on, and it's getting serious, and that person is there, and they're like, well, what about me? What about us? Blah, 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 blah. And don't act like it don't happen, because I know some of you have had it. That person gets jealous, and they try to do what they can to undermine you, make you look foolish, ruin your relationship, spread rumors, do the whole Othello crap. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I wrote all shit. It's too real, sometimes. And the problem is, you can't be friends with everybody, even if you get your millions. Definitely if you get your millions. 
because some people are just to that point, they're jealous and they're not able to reason. And the only way they feel is that they can have some peace and so less is what your demise. And it's so sad that we are in this situation. So whenever I look at people like, how can we all come together? We should have came together years ago. We should have been together years ago. You should not let your ego get in the way. You should not let those dangerous voices in your head take center stage. You shouldn't let somebody's success make you feel inferior. Or like, you know, you ain't got, you ain't got no, you know, you ain't got no ball bearings around here. You got to pull yourself together and understand that your success probably comes at a later time than that other person's success. And what you do for other people, it's a ripple effect. And like I said, one way or another, you might not make the you might not make the front of Time magazine, but who knows? You probably make the front of Ebony, Essence, any sort of hell, even Jet. There's a lot of places that you know could use people out here doing the positive thing. The thing is, some people like their lives dysfunctional. Some people are so adjusted to be a maladjusted, they don't want no fixing. So if you look around you and you realize you're saving yourself, it's usually because you tried to help everybody else, but they didn't care for it. And then as soon as you become a success, then they're like, oh, you turn your back on us. One thing begets another. I, I didn't need Nipsey's death to go ahead and try to make me motivated for my community or be, you know, focused on what my ideal career is. Sure, it makes me burn burn a lot more brighter for it and to keep moving, but I understand this. Not everybody's going to be my friend. Even in the podcast game, even in the filmmaking game, any sort of effort or any sort of thing that I'm going to do in terms of creating, yeah, chances are is there's going to be a lot of people jealous of me. There's going to be people in the game that want to ruin me, and there's going to be people on the outside that were that have the same last name I do wanting to backstab me. It's not paranoia, it's just you're aware. And don't be surprised if your best friend like tries to pull a knife out, tries to slit your throat, or tries to take out a Glock and poom poom you in the back. There are people out there who are just selfish enough and stupid enough to do such a thing. And how we can recover from this nonsense? Well, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know how you can do it. Because if you become a recluse, all you want is friends. And then when you're not a recluse anymore, all you want to be is a recluse. And I've played both of them. But it, it, makes, you, it makes you think. We're all in a circle. Because we keep doing this nonsense to ourselves. As humans. But R.I.P. to Nipsey. And hopefully the human race can get back on top. But I know this. For the first few days, you're all about doing the positive change. But if you're not keeping a record and keeping a note on yourself and how you changed, you don't care about that any more than Fox News or any of these other news organizations do. Because positive news to them doesn't sell. It has to bleed for people to read. See what I'm saying? So just be aware of how, I don't want to say ignorant, but just be aware of how bloodthirsty the world can be. And moving forward, 
You know, since it is the summertime, I don't know what it is about April on Netflix, but April and Netflix is great. You know what I'm saying? Because now they got all these horror movies that popped up out of nowhere. Like, they got the first three Final Destinations on there, which I was watching last night. Yes, yes, I postponed the double special so I can watch Final Destination. You're happy now? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually had to do some rewrites because 96 is over there in the corner, and I I just wanted to be ready. But what I want to say is that it felt good going through those three movies because, you know... Death comes for everybody, and there is a design. We don't really know how we're going to leave the Earth, and those movies touch based on at least those first three did. I know there's like five in the series, but, you know, we, we, we can't have too much of a good thing, especially when it's Netflix, so, you know, we, we didn't get four or five on there, because I would have been watching them again and again and again. But the going back, though, i say the most brutal one out of out of the original trilogy, I would say, is two. Two hits so close to home sometimes. I mean, you could go ahead and say that the first Final Destination was rough because of, you know, plane issues, but the second one was rough because, hell, if you're on an interstate highway, there ain't no other place you can go. And if something like that happens where, like, a log, um, a log pulling, a log pulling truck busts apart and the logs fall off and causes, like, multiple pileups and, impales and all sorts of things on (laughs) on a dangerous route when everybody's going at least like what 70 or 80 that is intense it makes you not want to drive anywhere that's for sure especially for those of you that live out there on the west coast or right here in hell even you know to be honest with you around the delaware area i-95 is death for people shoot they like being on 495 but i-95 though oh my God, it's a hellhole. But it's just like, you know, looking at that kind of stuff, yeah, you you don't want to be driving seeing all that. And how about the part where, like, the guy got uh, sliced in half because of the barbed wire and (laughs) the lady's airbag came out and knocked her back. Oh, God, knocked her whole head back to where her seat, seat cushion was with a spike sticking through it. I was like, yo... Well, it wasn't really a spike, but it might as well have been. It was a it was a pipe with a point, jagged point there. And she could have moved her head to the side probably. She could have done all that, but she wasn't thinking about it. And it all happened because of a misfunction with a devi- the jaws of life to save her. That was intense. Hell, it makes me want to watch it again. I think I probably will. Yep, I think I probably will. But man, like th- those movies hit close to home. I did watch a stupid movie the other day. It was it was called My Teacher, My Obsession. I mean, it it was one of them kind of movies where you got the teenage girl who has a rough upbringing, and she encounters the new teacher and the new who whose new uh, daughter. You, you know what I mean? The transfer teacher there, and he has a daughter, and she becomes friends with the daughter, uses the daughter to get close to the teacher, and she obsesses over him. It's the Lolita complex story. The thing about a Lolita Complex story is, it could be compelling if you write it right. And it could be damn near scary. Like, I'm sure some of you have seen Lolita itself, and I'm sure another bunch of you have seen, um... God, what was that one with that little girl in it? Uh, well, she wasn't a little girl, she was just an insane mental patient, and she had a growth defect. Esther, Esther, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see, like, 
And she would go at, she would pretend to be a kid, and then she would kill all these men. Because she just wanted to be loved. But then you look at this movie here. This movie right here suffers because the girl's motivation, I think her name was Kyla. Kyla Kyla's motivation had nothing to do with anything else. And then the problem is, is that all the other characters were like, Oh yeah, I'll just go ahead with it because the plot said so. Oh yeah, uh, what are we doing? I can't believe we're doing this. Like like the teacher, the the main teacher that she was kissing on, he said that. They were like, oh, what are we doing? How can this be? He was more absent-minded than Mark from the room. So it's pretty much like Mark from the room dealing with some sort of obsessed teen. It's like, hmm... This this is bad. This this sucks. And like during the final confrontation, the daughter got stabbed in the gut, losing a lot of blood, but somehow she's still able to walk upright. And she's still able to have the final confrontation with Kyla. Now, some of y'all could say, well, Jay, you know, that's called adrenaline. And it's like, yeah, 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 okay, okay, we'll go with that. We'll, we'll go with that. No, 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 we can't go with that because she stopped bleeding afterwards. The thing is, I mean... I guess it varies amongst people, but there is no way she could have held her own doing that kind of stuff, fighting against Kaya like that. But Kaya was also the weakest fighter, too, because she was all up in her face, and, and the daughter knocks her over, starts beating her with the camera, and she said, I would apologize. And then she said, I know, and then hit her, and then it closes to... You know, three weeks later, because it always happens three weeks later where the father and the daughter moved on to another area. But they left it open because there's this girl standing there with a hoodie watching them and applied to be Kaya from last time. And it's like, this is weak. This this sucks. What 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 is this? Like, like and, you know, I got some examples of it on my Instagram at J360 Productions. You know, for those of y'all to look at from time to time. Now, I will apologize for the guerrilla-style filmmaking I was doing. Because, you know, I was just testing out how my phone works, you know, from time to time. But, y'all had to see that dumb stuff to believe it. And you see, whereas I could go ahead and say it was a bad movie. Because, in my point of view, it just didn't serve the purpose like it needed to. By the time of the third act, you're expecting that, you're expecting that villain to get their comeuppance. But, it was so soft. So it, it, it was weak. Yeah, it was very weak. And you're like, mm, nah, nah. Can't stand this one. So I went over to another movie, which was called, um, I think it was called Horror Detention or Detention of Horror or something like that. It was kind of the same thing. I mean, it started off with some sort of you know, send off to the breakfast club with all those people there on detention for, you know, Saturday detention. Every single one of the kids did something different. But you see, the only person with them, and they try to set it up like a mysterious scenario where it was them, the principal, and the bus driver. And you see the the, the principal, she, she gets not killed per se. She gets knocked out and lost a lot of blood. A lot of blood that you would guarantee that she just died of blood loss, but somehow she came back later on. And they had it built up to like it was a mysterious scenario. 
And I had to keep watching because I wanted to know why, but I already knew who did all the acts. And who did all the acts was the bus driver. The bus driver did it. Yeah, let's see if that ever becomes a meme. But yeah, the bus driver did it. And (laughs) he had a hackneyed subplot for him, which was because his daughter was bullied by the other kids there. So he took out the other kids. But the main girl, who was allegedly the, pause the term, the harlot in the movie, who made it to the end of the movie, deconstructed the trope, but she made it to the end of the movie, and he he was confronting her, but she said that they were best friends, and they were, because she had the locket on with her picture in it, and she spoke about how the father was just an abusive jerk. And that the girl took her own life because to get away from her father. And then it led to another week showdown. Which eventually, you know, the principal came in. Yeah, somehow she's still alive. Stabs the dude in the back with a trophy. And that ends him. And then at the end it was her and the, the harlot girl and the principal walking off arguing with each other to find the other kids who were not dead, but they were beat up by the guy. Because the guy was horrible at killing. But, yeah, if anything, it was a deconstructed movie. It's one of them kind of movies that you're not supposed to take seriously. But the way I looked at it, I was like, hmm, yes, yes, yes. I see what they're doing. And I'm losing interest with every passing minute and frame in this because there's no action here. There's no story. Oh, and the and the pretty boy should have got killed off because he he was a total jerk, man. His name was Baird, and he was like, "I'm so into myself. Uh, I I choose popularity." It's like, hey, hey, where's the dude with the knife at? Just to go ahead and end this crap already. But you know, that's not the that's not the name of the movie. It's not horror detention, but it's detention something. It's it's like. I want to say deadly detention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a deadly detention. I mean, like, you got to see, like, the premises of these movies. Now, I can't throw too many stones because I'm an independent filmmaker myself. You know, it just happens when you make a bad movie. You know what I mean? It could be you run out of money. It could be executive meddling. It could be your actors and actresses don't care about the product any more than you do. After day one, they just lose interest and they don't show up no more. You know, I can't throw, you know, I can't throw too many stones on it because what's to say that my movie won't suffer the same fate? But you look at it on this and it's like, well, this is just lazy filmmaking. Horrible writing, lazy filmmaking, and nowhere else to go. So at those points, you just look at it and say, well, hopefully my movies won't turn out that bad so I can go ahead and find something real to talk about, you know? But you see... As I do this show, and as I do any sort of thing, and I talk about the movies, I'm not Armand White. I'm going to give them their benefit of the doubt. It's entirely up to all of you out there whether I'm wrong or not, and what you get out of the movie with your own opinion. So, that's the beauty of independent thought. But as I look at this movie, and, you know, and my teacher, my obsession, I just have to say, you know, it's just stupid horror movies that don't make any sense to me. Whether they're good or bad, entirely up to y'all. And you know, at times that I do love good movies, I love schlocks. 
I love stuff that tries and fails. So in a way, those two movies are actually... They're not on my guilty pleasure list, but I love seeing them because of just how bad they are. Train wrecks for life. And that's like the pre-summer shenanigans, y'all. See, right now, I'm not at the beach, but I get to sit back and I get to watch how bad and horrendous these movies are, while at the same time going ahead and writing love notes to some of these celebrities I know out there. (laughs) And trying to go ahead and build some other stuff for J360 Productions, which, by the way... Any of you girls out there that are interested in modeling for J360 Photography, you know, just let me know, alright? Because it's time to get some merch on here and work on building the brand up. But, other than that though, I gotta get ready to bounce guys, because more mac and cheese please. And not only that, you guys got another episode coming tomorrow where we're going to talk about some guilty pleasure films of mine. Episode 95 will be dropping tomorrow at 9 o'clock p.m. Should be back by then. I hope. But, hey, if not, and it's 10 o'clock, well, just keep in mind, it's 9 o'clock somewhere. But until then, though, this is the J-Man signing off. I want you to all take it easy, and I will catch you later. Peace. Peace.